And you found us. It's great to have you with us again. We are two canters that have walked into a bar. We are glad that you are here, that you have joined us. I am canter Matt Axrod from Congregation Beth Israel in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. And I am here with the spirited. Spirited. And spiritual. Oh, I like yeah, that. That's canter, my new title. Penny Myers. Penny, where are you from, Penny? <laughs> <laughs> it's already on it. <laughs> I am from Buffalo, New York, right. Temple Beth Zion. I'm the Uber camper right. of Buffalo. Always. And we're not even... No, we... Well, where are we? Well, on we, location. we are on location because as as they say... Now, Penny, I don't know... You're like 30 years old, so I don't know if we're in the same generation or something. No, you're way older than okay. I am. Um, so back in my day when we would have a TV program that we enjoyed watching, a comedy or a sitcom or something like that, every now and then they would say... Next week on a very special, special episode. This is very special. So this is a very special episode of Two Canters Walk Into a Bar because we are here on location. On location. At this special bar. We are here in, not in Buffalo. And not in New Jersey and not at a convention. We are here in Pittsburgh. And we're here, we're bringing in our, our friend. America's we, we Rabbi. Will, well, America's Rabbi. So Rabbi... Cantor. Oh, he um, was on. He let okay, me into the okay, program. Right. So, and know. Mensch Extraordinaire. Totally. Jeffrey Definitely. Myers. And we are so glad. And even the bartender was getting Actually, in on that. He was looking over. We're not even okay. going to make you pay for your drink. No, a- exactly we'll make right. You pay for that, ours. No, that's exactly no. right. I was going to. I was going to mention <laughs> Jeff. I want you to feel free to order anything you want. The drinks are on us. Your money's no good here as long as uh, nothing is more than $12. That's uh, right. Fine. Total. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, we are thrilled that you have walked into the bar with us. Um, you, we can see that you've already gotten your first drink, so you're, you'll catch up with us. Penny and I have That's, been here for a little bit. Oh, we're, yeah. we're already one or two. Well, we're, we're kind of long in the tooth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, first thing I want to uh, ask you is, your rabbi, Cantor, how do you prefer to be referred? What people know you as Cantor, people know you as Rabbi. What, are you a Rabbi, Cantor, Ranter? What, what are, are you? Are you a <laughs> Well, I'm either a Ranter or a Rabbi. A Rabbi. I think Ranter is better. Ranter no, is but better you could be a Hazarai. So, get, give us a little bit of a background on your journey that you are Rabbi slash Cantor, Cantor slash Rabbi, because we, Penny and I, know you very well as. Cantor, and you remember the Cantor's Assembly, and that's where we know you from. We've known you for years and years, and the very ha- dapper, yes, dress. right. And you can't see because in the, because in the uh, magic of radio, but but Jeff is always dressed impeccably. impeccably. We never see him without a tie. It's totally kind of, matching. Right. right. I, now I feel bad that we dragged him into this dive bar. But that's <laughs> all right. It looks like you know we can get sort of the top shelf beer yeah, and drinks. Exactly. So okay. so Jeff, what what what's your spiritual journey? How did you make it from Cantor to Rabbi? I've been a Cantor Education Director mm-hmm. for my entire professional life. But uh, also saw the writing on the wall that um, in many quarters, the cantor was an endangered species, as opposed to lamenting it to try to say, okay, what can I do about it? Because I have a responsibility to, uh, you know, not to be sexist, but to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually um, at my wife's urging um, that I had uh, come, run into a, a colleague here or there that um, had already uh, gotten smicha. And uh, recognizing that, I inquired into it and found that this was something that um, I could do. I already had sufficient background for from um, my years of studies and that um, it could be something useful at one day. Mm-hmm. So I did it about 20 years ago. Put I, it did, my, I don't think, I don't I think Penny and I that realized that you, we night. thought it was something recent. recent. Yeah. So you, you've been Rabbi Cantor for two decades. Yeah. I've just oh. never used the rabbi part of it. Just put hmm. it in the back pocket because my first in, wow. love has always been being Cantor. Right but put it away for when that day might come. And two years ago, that day came when um, opportunities to to serve a congregation uh, just weren't uh, happening. uh, Although we don't want to admit that there's uh, age discrimination in houses of worship, Mm. we all know that in in all fields of endeavor, in all enterprises, uh, they won't admit it, uh, but there is age discrimination. And so I was faced with that. the opportunity somehow for uh, Pittsburgh came knocking, and when it first came, it was like, I didn't even know where Pittsburgh was, literally. Neither <laughs> 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 I had to look at a map. I didn't know where it was. So um, 
had a uh, phone conversation and a Skype interview, and um, uh, that turned out to be a, uh, then an audition on, on a Shabbat. Uh, so I flew into Pittsburgh. And, um, Wait, they flew you? I had to drive here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drove here too from Buffalo, but you know what? But I had to parachute in. Oh, okay. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, right, there's a, a really nice airport. Of course here. there is. I, yes. I, I've yeah, only yeah. heard yes. about it. Okay. Yeah, lovely right. airport. Okay. Um, so uh, came up for that audition, and um, they offered me the position. And this was after you had been uh, Cantor in New Jersey, uh, down Ventnor, yeah. Margate, Ven- by Atla- Ventnor, Ventnor yeah. near Atlantic City. Yeah. Um, for how many years were you there? I was there seven years? Seven years. Was it a was it a big culture shock moving from? <laughs> from the Jersey Shore out here to Pittsburgh. And can you use Yinzer in a sentence? That's what I really want to know. What's Yinzer? Oh, see, I don't, okay. It's, yeah. they, they have a unique um, vocabulary in, in Pittsburgh that there are specific words that are only utilized in Pittsburgh that aren't used anywhere else in the country. It's just a regional dialect mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, Yinzer is, um, would be most comparable to y'all. Um, oh, I do y'all. So okay, right. therefore, um, It'd be like saying um, to my congregation, um, y'all are yinzers. Oh. Um, a yinzer is, is, is just a local. Oh, a local. Of, okay. A, a local. So I have... Uh, We're not yinzers. Oh. No, no, no. We are not no, yinzers I'm, I'm here. Not, no. And people tell stories that they've been living here 30 years and they're still not yinzers. That's interesting. But, uh, so it's, okay. just a, it's a local dialect and there yep. are just words that are just unique to the Pittsburgh area yeah. that you won't find beyond the Pittsburgh area, which is... Uh, not unusual in the United States, but uh, Yinzer is just such a... It's a weird name. It's, like, it's, it's a weird not, word. It doesn't sound like Pittsburgh. It doesn't sound like Pennsylvania. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. sound like... Steel. Yeah, I, it doesn't... I, I, so, like, where do, where's, I, like, the... It must have, been a com- must have been a combination of, like, yous or something. You know, like, yous. all of yous oh, or, something, yous. or something. I, I haven't, you know, studied enough okay. about its origins, but I know that you can walk into certain stores here and get Yinzer greeting cards. Come sure. on. Yeah, they've turned it probably into a yeah. whole tourist cottage industry yeah. or something. I'll, I'll buy one and send you one penny for your I, birthday. I would appreciate okay. if I'm good. Yeah. If I'm okay. good, that's okay. okay. I'll buy the next drink for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. and I, I should also point out, I, I should have led with this, but Jeff Myers <laughs> and Cantor Penny Myers um, are uh, no relation. They are no, two unrelated. S- right, they're, they're like, you know, uh, siblings from another mother or something that's like that. That's right. Not we, siblings. I'm... Uh, Oh. She's like my uh, okay. my daughter. I was trying to be kind. Yes. <laughs> I, I was trying to be kind we to Penny before she hits me. Okay. No, no, it's all okay. good. Okay. And you know what? Right. I've, I've had a little old fashioned right. in me. I'm good. Okay. But, but Je- Jeff is the original Cantor Myers. He is. We have T-shirts and everything actually right. that Jeff made years ago for us. I think like six, <laughs> five years ago. Like, the real Cantor Myers. The, which one is the real Cantor yeah. Myers? We spell okay. our names correctly. So, <laughs> Jeff, the reason why we're here and, and why it's so interesting what has brought you here to Pittsburgh is because. Because the tragic event of just about a year ago, we are, uh, as we speak, it is about two, three weeks away from the anniversary, from the one-year anniversary of an event which has fundamentally changed all of our lives um, in a variety of ways. Uh, And you, of course, are the spiritual leader of Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, um, where this horrific event happened. First of all, we thank you for letting us come and, and speak with you about it. And what we want to do is we want to get some more insight from you. We, we Privately, we've heard you speak, uh, and we've heard you speak at Cantor's Assembly Convention mm-hmm. about some of your experience. Where, you know, what I'm most interested in, I think, to start out with is how have you changed over the last year? It, it's It must have been... I know that's almost a simplistic question, but the journey that you have been on, spiritual, physical, emotional, emotional mental, of course, is there a way that you can describe it? Is there a way public? Is there a way that you can characterize or, or describe how you have profoundly changed? There's nothing that can teach you or prepare you, no matter what classes or sessions I attended in terms of security and so forth. Nothing can prepare you for a gunman coming into a house of worship and wreaking havoc in in a building. So uh, to say that you can be prepared for it, you can only be prepared to a certain degree. Um, But I would say the ways that that I've changed and that uh, there are aspects of the things that I do that I never thought I had the the skill set or the ability to um, to really do. Can you give us an example? Yeah, during the uh, 
like the first two weeks when I had um, out of the 11 people who were slaughtered, seven were my congregants. Uh, one was a married couple, one with two brothers. So I had five funerals. Um, I didn't write anything down. And um, I've done funerals before. I would always write down, if I did it myself, write down the eulogy, remarks, etc. Um, didn't write anything down. I was making speeches and talking, and I didn't have a note. And uh, I never knew I had that ability to be able to just talk extemporaneously to that extent. Uh, I, I've mentioned before, um, my father was probably the best extemporaneous speaker I ever heard. And some might say, well, that's kind of subjective because it's your father, you would right. think that. Um, uh, he was a judge. Um, he also was a speaker for like, Israel Bonds, JNF. Um, your father was a judge? Yeah. It, Municipal it, judge in Moselle. Oh. Oh. Where's that? That's right near where I live. Yeah. Right and near Jersey. Scotch Plains. Yeah. 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 So um, he could speak on a dime literally on anything. And he'd never have a note in front of him. And I would just be amazed about that. So um, I recall um, at, at his funeral, I did the eulogy. And uh, in his uh, memory, um, I spoke extemporaneously because I thought, well, if anybody can talk extemporaneously about their father, it should be me. Um, so I did. And that kind of, I guess, started launching that idea. But you know, week after week, you get a sermon and, and all these other sort of things, and you write things down. Um, but as of then, I wasn't writing anything down, and literally until at least the end of the year, almost, um, I hadn't written anything down. And um, it kind of caught me by surprise that, wow, I keep speaking all these things, and somehow God's telling me the right thing to say, because I certainly am clueless about what, what it is I should be saying. And, it just comes out, and that, that was, I guess, a really big surprise. I never would have expected that. I remember, uh, Penny and I, I I'm sure we, we both saw a YouTube video or it was posted. Um, shortly after the event, we saw some coverage that you had spoken at some big event. Yeah. Um, I think it was an interfaith community event, and you gave this incredible speech. And I remember very clearly you, you said, you... you um, Reference the 23rd Psalm. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, but I do want. I, I want very much. Um, so I have a couple questions about that. The first is, had you prepared the remarks for that, or did you just get up and speak extemporaneously? That was extemporaneous. That that, was that's at, amazing. Thank you. That was, that was at Soldiers and Sailors, which is a big civic, like auditorium type space. Um, and it was... 36 hours later, um, it was October 28th, we had a vigil, um, and uh, I know I was asked to speak, um, but I, I mean, a lot of no this, condition. A lot of this must have just been in a fog. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you just like, did you sleep at all? Yeah, like, just I, I staggered know, from place like, to place no, or something. No, no, no I didn't sleep. No, um, and it just it just came to me. Um, I don't know how. God divinely inspired me. I didn't write down a word. I didn't even remember what I said until I had to go to you YouTube and look at it because yeah. I had no idea. Said, wow, really? It was just a, this wanderingly, wandering aimlessly, but somehow getting it all done over two weeks between the funerals but, and all the talking. So I, I would like to ask a question about all the talking because as clergy, we are often in our smallish communities. All right, Buffalo is a little smaller, I think, than the Jewish community here in Pittsburgh and certainly in... Uh, wherever you are, New Jersey. Yeah, with, I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> now, careful, because okay. Jeff is a Lunsman, so I yeah. Know, okay. I know, I know, I know. I'm really outnumbered here, but yeah, it's okay. You know, I think the bartender has a little Buffalonian look to him, so I'm feeling good <laughs> right now. <laughs> He's married to his cousin? What? Oh, oh sorry, oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Oh, come on. <laughs> and, and, oh, at least our football team plays in the state of New York, what you didn't, What you didn't see was that Jeff just did a massive spit take. He totally did. And what a waste of bourbon. That's all I've got to say. I'll spring for the no. next 12 bucks. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's fair. No, but my question more is, you know, as we're in our own communities and we're in these public positions, for better or for worse, you have been thrust into into this public light in a way that none of us would ever want, in a way that I'm sure it would never have crossed, crossed your mind, that um, in a way that I, I would think, you know, despite all intents and purposes, is really uncomfortable to be coined America's rabbi, 
to meet with dignitaries and, you know, how, how has that been for you to be thrust into that? It, it's been really uncomfortable because um, I've never been that a, a public figure. I've been, um, I've always been behind the scenes. And, and we, and we who know you know that you this are the, the picture of humility. Yes. I mean, this is not Thank you. Me. We have colleagues that are larger than life, and we yes. have others that are, that really exude a sense of humility and menschlichkeit. Not that they're not menches, also, but you know what I'm saying is that this is traditionally not you but has become very much you. You have risen, and I think what Penny is also saying is like... Risen to the it, occasion. It is time. that the yeah. shoes that you have been now destined to fill, it, it's the transformation has just... Well, we're, we're speechless. We're, we, there's a sense that you... You're were, speechless? You, yeah, believe it or not. I know, <laughs> oh, right? I, I know. I know. <laughs> Make sure you got the right time on there. That's right. That, that speechless. You, you said before... You know that God put these words in your head that they were divinely inspired. I, I can't help, and it's very unlike me, but I can't help but think that there's some divine intervention that put you in this place at this time to to be the 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 messenger, to to be who we needed. I, I do believe that. I know a, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that whole idea that God can be so intimately involved in in, in your life, and that you believe that. And a lot of people are uncomfortable discussing it. I'm not. Um, I think Jews are. I, 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 I am. I am. And, and people who are listening to this who know me are going to think it's very uncharacteristic. Because right. I don't talk like this. Uh, I'm not. Um, God brought me to Pittsburgh. Um, I do believe that. In, for what precisely, it's not clear. You know, And there might be people who would think, well, if God could bring you to Pittsburgh, then why couldn't God uh, prevent? Right. Um, and my answer to that is, God's not the one we turn to to prevent. God's the one we turn to in, in times of need, no matter what that need might be, um, to give us the strength and the ability to get through it, to restore confidence and faith. Um, a perpetrator like this, like any other person who does something that's evil, um, they have choices. Um, and God is not making the choices for them. They can choose one way, they can choose the other way. Um, so I don't believe that God's responsible. Um, God's the one I turn to every day when I uh, go to Minion every morning. <laughs> okay, all right. Now he's saying that to our benefit because... Um, but in any because, case. But in any case. <laughs> oh, you are not at Minion. He, he knows that some people, shall we say, not at Minion. <laughs> he would know because he was there and some people weren't. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, but okay, so when I, in, in the morning Minion, when you think about their, their opening brachot, their kadashachar, their 15 brachot. Um, and I kind of have my own private 16th brachot, which is... Um, Okay, God, what do you need of me today to do? Give me the right words to say. Help me put it in the right order. Were you saying that before a year ago? Was that your was that no. your daily routine, or that's 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 been your routine since? No, it's part of, since that, and uh, I added, as you mentioned, the 121st Psalm every day. Yeah. Um, I lift my eyes to the heavens. Where's my help come? My help comes from God. Every day, I add that um, as part of that. Um, so one might think that their faith gets tested, and it does. Um, in challenges like that, but my faith was strong to begin with, and it became stronger after. Well, that's what I, I was going to ask you. you. You sort of um, anticipated the question. We just read um, last week Rosh Hashanah, and we read the story of the Akedah, and the, the quote from the Pasuk is, Veha Elohim Nisa'ed Avraham, and, and God tested Avraham. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, do you feel that God tested you, that you were put to the test? And it could be you may be thinking what's well, very presumptuous of you know who am I? I'm no Abraham, but but we're all tested in, in a variety of ways. And do you think that that this was your test? Interesting that you asked me that because uh, I asked the congregation a similar sort of question um, in Torah study the previous week uh, uh, when I mentioned that, and that um, I think God tests us daily in many ways. Sometimes it can be. You know, the simplest of tests where it's, did you hold the door open for someone? Um, did you say, God bless you when someone sneezed? Did you give change when someone was short a little bit? Any number of possibilities. And uh, we've always, there's always these stories about how Elijah the prophet takes all these forms you never know, that that person who needs the extra 25 cents could be Elijah the prophet sort of moment. Well, mm -hmm. so those tests are there regularly. Um, and I think we're tested daily. We just don't recognize we're being tested when we are. 
Um, and, and at the end of days, God's going to have the entire grade book in front and say, okay, explain yourself. Um, and um, I don't say that to minimize um, the daily challenges that I face, but um, that's part of the continuing testing to see, are, are you up to what God asks you to do? And um, uh, I would have to say I'm kind of like the, the reluctant yes to that extent. I, mean, I don't think there's anyone who would say, oh, please, call upon me, let me do this. That, that's not uh, indeed the case. Yeah, that's, that's the test, but, it, and it's, but I don't think the test was just that day. I think it's um, some sort of lifetime contract that I don't understand much about. Right. And every day is, is a test. And, and certainly this, the entire every day this last year has been a test. Yeah. We had spoken before about, you know, Penny referred to you as America's rabbi. She didn't come up with that. That was not. Right. No, that's because, right. because all of us who know you, you know, in, in the We didn't days, know you were a rabbi. We didn't know you had sneak. No, this no. This is we, the kind we, of person We knew he Jeff, was a rabbi when he came but, out here. But, okay. but that, that's the kind of person okay. Jeff is. Okay. Like, Jeff... To us, he's always going to be Cantor. He's always well, going to be Jeff, but he's going to be Cantor Myers. Single know. malt. Yeah, exactly. So we could <laughs> we couldn't turn on CNN, of course, without seeing you. And you know, first, as much as we love seeing right, you, first it was you know we, we would all text each other and call each other. Jeff's on CNN. Jeff's you got to, and then we kind of got it was a, oh Jeff's on CNN. You know, it became no, routine. But I remember very specifically there was one you were on the morning with uh, in the morning show on CNN with Allison Camerata and John Berman. And so you were being interviewed by them. What you didn't see, because it was right after you were done being interviewed, I don't know, you were somewhere, I don't know if you were in like a, a small room with a green screen behind you or something and you were being interviewed remotely. Um, but as soon as the interview stopped, and I assume at that point, wherever you were, you were being demiked and you got up and you knew you were done. So you didn't see what was going on the screen immediately after they, that Allison and John looked at each other and for maybe one or two seconds they were speechless which is an eternity on yes. the air they just looked at each other and they just yeah. had nothing to say and then John just sort of shook his head and was like he is truly America's rabbi and I was flabbergasted at seeing that I don't know if that was when they coined the term or if it had so. been used beforehand I don't know when the first time you heard it. I know, you know, in your humble personality, you, you would never ne admit right. to it. Of course. Never. We, we, but, we, we, we remind you of, of right. how people see you. But you, you are and have been America's rabbi and for us America's cantor. Mm. What I want to know is how do you deal with that level of celebrity? How do you deal with that? Is it, is it a, does it put more pressure on you or you just put it out of your mind? Is it a burden? I feel like I'm in a Franz Kafka novel. Mm-hmm. Um, or to put it, I guess. One morning, Jeff Myers woke up and he had been turned into America's <laughs> rabbi. Right, right, right. right. Or, or that I open um, like the closet um, in my bedroom and Rod Serling is going to walk out mm -hmm. and say, "This is the Twilight Zone." Um, I'm really uncomfortable with the whole thing. And I remarked to John Berman um, one of the times I was in New York. I lost track one because yeah. I've been in so many times that uh, you know I was humbled that that you would say that. Um, that he should be mindful as, as a wordsmith that um, just as you talk about the people you report about and the weight of their words, you have to think about the weight of your words and that uh, uh, it's, it's a, a big burden as it is to um, cope with uh, the daily challenges we face in Pittsburgh. To now have that imprimatur upon you like makes the burden even heavier on that and it says, I'm humbled that you would think that, and I thank you for that compliment, but to just give a different, you know, a different perspective from the one that you foisted it upon, what, is that, what does that really mean and imply? Um, I said, but um, nothing personal, but I think uh, Alison Camerata is America's broadcaster, so. Okay. <laughs> you know, but it's, you know what, I, I, find that I find this is very compelling because watching someone we know, you know, here you are, you're thrust into this, I mean, you know, your, the way that you've carried your congregation and the way that we, at least I have seen from my perspective on the outside watching how you have dealt with this newfound um, publicity, which nobody would ask for. Certainly you'd be the least person to actually ask for any of this kind of 
this celebrity status in a sense. I, but I could see how your menschlichkeit, your rahmanas, the compassion that you exhibit in everything, even with taking and with the humility of, of who you are and what you're doing, and um, it, it's just, it's not egocentric. And so I would think that as we are in this very thin line right now, politically, as, as well as socially in, in this world, especially in our country, that because you embody this very wholesome, kind, you know, this is the fiber of your being that I could actually see that we so much want that Norman Rockwell vision. I think that's why you're America's rabbi. That's that exactly why. It, it's not, it, it's because we're looking to you and, and we just, you know, us personally, us as a profession, mm. um, and then as Jews across the country. And human beings. Um, and, human yeah. be- and then not in the, the general public is, is looking to you. And it's taking an example yeah. of you know, by your reaction and by your actions and your words. That's, I think, why I feel comfortable calling you America's rabbi Absolutely. and America's cantor. Is because not because it's some title that you know it was thrust upon you. Because you're serving as a dogma, as an example for all of us, which wow. is is a you know a, a job, a function that you did not ask for, but here you are, and it's maybe part of your test. Did you feel, I mean, when, 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 because you've been a chazan longer than you've been a rabbi, did you feel a sense of, oh. Jeff actually went home 10 minutes ago. Penny and I have just been talking for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to stop and run to you. No, no, did you feel like a sense of, oh, poop, like, oh, you know, I've been a chazan longer, or this or that, like, did you feel any sense of, you know, even, even, even self-identifying as, as a rabbi? Well, it's, cert- it's been a, um, a, a lifetime training to prepare to be what I do now, which is kolbo, which means I'm rabbi and cantor mm-hmm. in a congregation. And um, so I've had a lifetime to uh, um, see um, rabbinic examples and to learn um, from all the rabbis that I have uh, worked with and observed um, that can help uh, shape who it is that I want to be and the type of um, rabbi slash cantor that I want to be for my congregation. And I think it's a kind of a um, different model than, first off, my congregation might have expected because uh, most people have expectations of, of what you think your clergy are gonna <laughs> do and say and act like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, they put you in a, a compartment in a space based upon their expectations. And I've been trying to teach that, no, I don't fill those expectations because that's not whom I wanna be. Um, what what specifically are those? Do you think those expectations were? Because because again, a lot people of negative see, ones. People, you know, you look like through the media, but you know, yeah. if they're not. But you you sort of you look like you walked out of central casting. You know, you look like what a rabbi. You, you yeah. I mean, so what does a rabbi look like? He looks like Jeff. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would wow. say so. What I, I got from from a lot of people more, and 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 I think it's a tragic part of it is, is negative parts of, of experiences that people have had with, with rabbis over their lives. Mm. Yeah, we, and, uh, we we get that also. Um, and and I've tried to like say, you know, been a mitzvah training and yeah. Hebrew school, and and you know, oh, it was a misery when we were growing up, and that that sort of thing. So, so are different now. I've internalized all of, all of that and all of my experiences to try to um, model. What is it that I think this hybrid should be? And what I identify to be only works well for Tree of Life. It can't work well for any other congregation because there's a unique set of circumstances and chemistry that's at work in every synagogue. And that, that was irrespective work. of this Irrespective event. of this it. Was but, this. But, this, but this changed even more in terms of, um, okay, now how do you uh, balance your congregation's needs with the greater community's needs, with the national needs, and yet not ignore the fact that you still have a family. And how do you juggle all of that simultaneously without dropping in the midst of the juggling? Because there was just a point of there's just too many balls in the juggling act, and you can't juggle all of them. Um, which is why specifically beginning um, with August, um, I uh, curtailed, if not almost totally cut off uh, activities, events, and so forth that are outside of Pittsburgh proper because uh, 
attention had to be given here. Um, that first and foremost, uh, to me, is my responsibility to, to help my community heal. And if it means uh, saying no, which I had to do a number of times to uh, potential opportunities to speak elsewhere, mm -hmm. um, whether it's called to Washington, D.C. for a congressional hearing, things like that. But no, I can't do it. I just can't. Um, I've got to take care of, of the here and the now. That, that responsibility has to be first and foremost. So that brings me to the subject of self-care. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here, here. We, we, I got we can, a picture of old yeah, fashions. Absolutely. And, and I'll have some, I'll have some old fashions also. Okay. So the, the issue of self-care, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, I mean, it's, it's must be an immense subject. So you are doing for others and you are there for others and in, in, in a capacity that we can't even imagine, what are you doing for yourself? How do you do it? Are you, are you specifically taking active steps to make sure that you are getting what you need and then, you know, to expand on that a little bit, that your family is getting what they need personally? Sure. Yeah. Yes, um, because if, if I don't take care of myself, I'm no good to anybody else. The, the old oxygen mask, put it on yourself first before you help other people. Precisely. So uh, I take care of myself and uh, insofar as the congregation, I've tried to educate them that uh, we need to take care and watch each other. Because as I brought to their attention during the summer, uh, the horrific story that uh, two young people in Parkland um, took their own lives um, right. a year after. Right. And that a father in Newton mm -hmm. um, also took his life, which uh, was a stark reminder to minimally my whole congregation that trauma is not immediate. Trauma can um, be delayed and can show up Years later, now I'm not a mental health professional, um, what I say to people is we need to keep an eye on each other. If you see something that just isn't seeming right with another person, better to say something and be wrong than not to say something. And we do have to learn the lesson from um, Cain. We are our brother's keeper, mm. and you need to keep an eye on each other, family and friends, uh, because... You never know. Do you think the congregation is, is really cognizant of that and is really also keeping an eye on you even more than you're, you're keeping an eye on yourself, but do you think they're looking out for you too? Yeah, they are. They do care. Um, they do worry. Um, I appreciate that, that attention. So we're all in this together to, to take care of each other, to make sure that we can all manage together. And that's, um, isn't it tragic that the humanity uh, of people... Yeah. Uh, shine brightest in the darkest of days mm -hmm. um, but it, it overbalances then the dark of the evil with this well as as you were saying before that you never knew what you were capable of until you had to do it and then you're and then you're surprised and hey look I, I can do this I, I stepped up and I can I'm capable of it so too on the larger level as a community you know you, you had no idea what they were capable of but but look, they're, they're doing what needs to be done, and, and they're stepping up also. And it's a yep. test for them as much as it's a test for you personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the level that we spoke about before, the level of celebrity that you've had, that is just because, where you are pretty much recognized everywhere. everywhere. It, it's, it's very interesting. As just regular clergy, you know, just yeah. regular rabbis, regular cantors, already have to deal with this in their communities you know you want to go shop you want to go shopping yeah. you, you want to be left alone right you, you know just everything you want to go out to eat you want to go for pizza or you something whatever it is exactly you know we have, I, I have to go to pittsburgh to <laughs> sit in a bar for, <laughs> right. for that but so with you this is now writ large is that any any notion of anonymity is just out the window with you you are recognized all over town and beyond pittsburgh as well is what kind of burden is that for you? I wouldn't say it's um, as much a burden. It's just it, it, it's uh, surreal. Um, if like a Dali portrait could now come to life, um, <laughs> that it's surreal. Um, uh, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, you don't have any choice, though. I, I don't have a choice. So, so you kind of figure out what to do with it um, to um, integrate it into your being and just move onward, recognizing that this is part of what the new normal is. Um, has, it has it changed your habits? Do you, do you stay oh. home 
it, you know, all things being equal, do you sometimes say, you know what, I, I, I would just rather stay home and rent a movie rather than, let's say, go out to a movie mm-hmm. or, or go out, I'd rather have dinner at home. I just, I just don't want to take the chance. Has it, has it changed any of your habits? No, it really hasn't. You just acknowledge the fact that generally wherever I go, um, someone's going to come up to me. And that's just uh, part of the new norm. And that's what it is. Um, but yet, interestingly, um, it's not merely because the people recognize you per se. It's they want to extend their personal condolences, their feeling of loss. And that they too in some way uh, grieve. And um, they're looking to just find some way to outwardly express that. And the fact that they cannot do it in person um, is a, a bit cathartic to them. As you said earlier. Yes. Earlier today? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, 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 we took a field trip to before, the tree. Before we started drinking. Before, yes, that was probably That's right. And, and we saw, we, we were on location. We, we saw um, Tree of Life Synagogue, the building, and, and a beautiful display that is up. Uh, in in memory of the victims, and it's it's uplifting. The artwork, the artwork it, it's it's beautiful. It's uplifting. It's hopeful, uh, hopeful. and it, and it, it is a, a sign of positivity. Uh, but while we were there, somebody recognized Jeff and and came over just as just as you described, and just wanted to to touch your hand. I think that I think the physical contact was very important to this person, yeah. as opposed to just waving. He he really made a point of yeah. he want, and just as you described it, but. There must be other people that feel that it can't all be positive. Some people must have to voice an opinion, you know, voice some kind of criticism or something, or somehow want to monopolize more of your time. How do you? How do you how weed do you out do, right. like the the like the generous of like the people who are you know are coming from a very benevolent place to connect with you on some way, shape, or form, or those who. Um, want to completely suck on the just just you, you know, know if they if they want to talk about the scourge of anti-Semitism or gun control, um, gun control or, or or as more than just a you know thank you for what you've done kind of thing mm-hmm. and you know I, I mean has that happened um, soon I want to talk about. I want to get a little political and talk about your, you know, your experience I will be with that. Drink number three. Absolutely that. not a problem. Okay. We, we all need we drink number three. Of that. Yeah, but, but how do you deal with? It, it can all be benign. How do you mm-hmm. deal with people that are maybe not as appropriate? And there must That's have been a good way of right. And there it. must have been plenty of examples of that at some point. Well, most of the requests that come in generally come through an email. If not an email and a phone call. I, I mean, I mean, um, so I was gonna spontaneous say, people that recognize you. Haven't had that. I have not had oh. that. Um, there have been people who might have asked a question in terms of a political sort of thing. Um, I've given my answer and the choices that I make and the reasons that I've done what it is that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have been respectful of that. And I can honestly say, believe it or not, I haven't had... Um, that kind of uh, response from people. And yes, there were uh, yeah, a lot of people unhappy and so forth, but um, I, I've been lucky that I haven't experienced um, that sort of negative uh, mm. behavior and so forth. Um, so far. So far. Um, every day can always bring something new that, that's always possible. But um, uh, we have uh, two media companies that handle all the requests. So anything that comes mm. in, if it's a written request and so forth uh, directly goes to them mm-hmm. and they field it because um, uh, particularly this time of year there are four or five a day coming in and it's just too many to handle it's impossible to keep track and that's what they're for mm-hmm. to do yeah so so we kind of anticipated the next topic and that of politics um, so just uh, and, and the third drink's mm-hmm. coming and, and, yeah. and Jeff you can have something to drink too because I know you need it so after the event happened, um, just just very briefly, um, the president and and his family wanted to pay a visit, and it was very controversial, and there was some question whether that visit would be welcomed. Uh, I won't say allowed because the president can go where the president wants to go, but would be welcomed. Uh, and you made the decision, which I think we all feel was appropriate, to say he's the president. And he wants to offer condolences, and we're going to accept those condolences. 
and you took some heat for that. You took some flack. Um, I don't know if you took it locally or if it was just sort of nationally, nationally or you know, just kind of from the, the community at large. I, I guess my question is, how have things changed in a year? The, the political public discourse has been very, a lot has happened over the past year. And I'm wondering now if, let's just say to mark the one year anniversary, you got another call from the White House and said, we'd like to mark the one year anniversary and the president and family would like to come and pay a visit. Now, knowing you, you would say, okay, you know, we will do what we need to do. But how would you feel about it personally? Well, let me back up at least to um, share my thinking uh, when it came to the president coming. And I didn't mean to put words did. in your mouth, so please clarify no, anything I said. It's okay. Shabbat morning of October 27, 2018, the Torah portion was Vayera. That we would have read that we didn't get a chance to read. And in the beginning of Vayera, Moses is sitting outside his tent at the Terebits of Mamre when he sees three strangers approaching. And what does Moses do? He runs and he literally drags them out of the sand to come sit in the shade, offers them water, washes their feet, has Sarah go and prepare a meal. And we learn from that the Jewish tradition of, of, of welcoming guests. The Torah reading that morning told me exactly what I needed to do. Um, and that was the proper way to behave. Um, yeah, I took flack for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought the Torah told me exactly what I had to, had to do, which was I have to be um, welcoming to a guest. Um, and it didn't matter if the guest was the President of the United States or any other person, that that's, that was the right thing to do. And I felt that as, as a rabbi, there was my answer. And um, so what I guess confused people is I didn't extend a personal invitation, nor did I call the White House. Um, I was asked. And as you said, the President um, made the decision to come. There were political leaders who felt the, the President shouldn't come at that time and so forth. Um, I respect that opinion, and they equally respect and understand my point of view on, on where, uh, where it was and why it happened. I would have to say that if, if something like that happens again now, I, uh, I can't be guided by a different set of principles. That same thing there of, of, of one has to welcome a guest. Um, and I felt that as the President of the United States um, is going to come, that's the respectful thing for me to do as a religious leader is, is to show respect. How much do you think... That's why he's America's well, rabbi. that's it, exactly. That's exactly why you are, like... I mean, it, it was Rabbinical 101. He used that week's tour portion it's to... It's not the, just <laughs> that. That's right. Yeah. I mean... I'm bringing it up. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. That's typical Tanakh. Point is this. Is this... That response of, you know, showing that kavod, the respect, mm -hmm. not... You know, I don't think it was necessarily a political motivation on your part. I think it was just your, the fiber of who you are, of your being to, to act on chesed, to act on kindness. And I know I'm translating in front of a rabbi and a cantor here, but there may be non-rabbis and non-cantors listening to this. But it's that kind of spirit, and within that spirit, that is so breathtaking to me. Because I don't think I could be that generous of spirit, you know, and I loved what you had said to our colleagues was to not allow it would be, in a way, reinforcing, you know, a negative way that we don't want to And yet, how, how did you reconcile, or, or maybe you didn't, the president's actions and visit and, and condolence with the idea that his words or what or the ideas that he has put forth have some people would say have encouraged this level mm. um this this you know not necessarily causation but no it's but it's uncivil discourse and that, that maybe sure okay. yes and that we've that there's a connection between words leading to actions many people may not um be in the know that uh, two weeks after uh, the massacre, uh, we had a uh, rally at Point State Park. That's where the three rivers mm -hmm. meet in Pittsburgh. That's where it used to be Three Rivers Stadium, at your rest in peace. And um, at that time, I was uh, asked to speak towards the end. Uh, Tom Hanks was there because uh, he had been filming um, the Mr. Rogers biopic. 
I mean, um, how cool is it? You get to, by the way, you get to name drop. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there is that. Okay. Michael Keaton was yeah, okay. okay. Feel free. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, Michael um, Keaton, Batman? Yeah. Mr. Mom? Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton's yeah. from Squirrel Hill. Okay. Um, Beetlejuice. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I was asked to speak, and I, at the time I really, again, didn't know what I was going to say. Um, and then the inspiration came to me um, to make a pledge that uh, I use it once the word hate is a four letter word. And um, like other four letter words, um, we don't use it in public. Uh, other than certain people we know. And we don't even use it in private. And when you use such severe language, um, it creates severe emotion. And uh, as I call it, age speech um, led to a massacre in synagogue, at least other horrific manifestations, whether um, you put a noose in an African-American worker's locker, you... Um, beat up someone um, of a different sexual orientation because you don't like that sexual orientation. Um, you spray paint swastikas all over. All those sorts of behaviors um, are all uh, manifestations of what I call age speech. I had the opportunity to then speak with the president one-on-one. Um, and uh, amongst the things we talked about, I said to him that, uh, uh, and I, but I hadn't made the pledge yet for the age speech, that. Um, there's too much H speech, and it has to be curtailed. So if I had spoken publicly and taken a firm stance that uh, some would have wished, I would have not had the opportunity as, as a faith leader to speak privately with the president um, in, a, in a calm demeanor and share my concern and my words to him, which would have never uh, occurred. But like anyone that I might speak to, the president or any other person, once you share your words, they choose what to do with your words. Uh, that's not in my control. Do you, do you think, I mean, I guess it's a hopelessly simplistic question. Do you think he heard what you, not, not just heard your words, do you think he really heard what you were saying? Um, I, I, over the past year, I can't see how he would have integrated those thoughts into, you know, action and so forth. But do you think he did hear or? He, he, I can only tell you said I hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I leave all of our listeners to judge. <laughs> um, that's, that's why he's America's rabbi. <laughs> oh, man. So, do I get a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. We should have brought a t-shirt. Said America. Yeah, but only if we, only if he promised to wear it around town. <laughs> no. I am, I am America's rabbi. So, we want to, we, we're coming to the end of the hour. We, we want to, um, I have one one more question for you. We just finished Rosh Hashanah. We're we're about to to do Yom Kippur. I personally always am, am very much affected by the prayer Unatana Tokef, um, which is the, the the classic text that includes the words "Who shall live and who shall die." Uh, on Rosh Hashanah, it is written. On Yom Kippur, it is sealed. Who will enter this world? Who will leave this world? And then all the various ways. How did you get through that this year, Jeff? How did how did how did you how did you daven that? how did you daven that text? Were there specific prayers this year on Rosh Hashanah and soon to be on Yom Kippur that were just different than they have ever been for you? Well, holidays in general are, are emotion laden. Um, we all get together with family. Um, I've experienced that already. Well, because of the absence of all of these 11 beautiful people. So to that extent, Rosh Hashanah was not significantly different because I already experienced it when we had our first Yiskor six months to the day on Pesach. Mm-hmm. So I've been experiencing that every day because I live with this every day. So to that extent, while it might sound simplistic, um, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be because I live with it every day. It would be different if there's something that you put aside and that you revisit it months later and it reopens wounds, but um, if the scab never heals, so to, to face it every day, it didn't make it as um, emotion-laden as I thought it would be. And I'm not saying that I wasn't moved by the words, but um, it didn't impact me the way that you're suggesting, simply because I do live with uh, October 27th every day of my life. So it wasn't right. to that degree. Um, I'm uh, more mindful that um, 
uh, and you may have seen it, I composed a, um, a new martyrology, I which did, I shared. Did, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so that's going to probably be a, a more impactful moment when uh, there's going to be a martyrology focused solely on the 11. And I think that's going to be a far more challenging uh, period to be able to, to do a Yisker, because uh, while the whole Jewish world may be thinking about these 11 beautiful people on that day, but in my congregation, and that's not to exclude any other congregation, my congregation, we're personally all mourning them, because they're all ours. Um, so that would be a, a, a uniquely different thing. That and um, the first yort site is uh, November 16th, mm -hmm. the 18th of Cheshvan. Mm -hmm. So for us, that'll also be a uh, extremely um, powerful day. Are you planning a specific yeah, uh, set of ceremonies? After careful study and consideration, I'm declaring Yisker. If you look at the history of Yisker, Yisker is rabbinic. Mm -hmm. uh, Yisker was created because those were the three days of the year when the Jewish community was most together, yes, right. um, independent of Yom Kippur. And uh, just as we always clear these sorts of things, um, whenever there are special needs, the community has always done that. Um, I felt that this was an appropriate Jewish response. So uh, on November 16th, that day, um, we will hold Yisker wow. um, because it's the right thing to do. Yep. Those, I think, will be the far more challenging, um, but we will get through it as we've done up to now um, as a community because it's no man is an island. Right. We're, we're all together in this in one massive uh, group hug. Mm -hmm. and, um, nice. I like, I like yeah. that. I like that. Well, you... Uh, I, uh, Surprisingly enough, we got through this. Penny did not cry, I did not cry. once. I was just kind of nursing my beverage. <laughs> Penny's like, I'm not crying, you're I'm crying. Not crying. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and, and we didn't make too much trouble for the bartender. No, we I gave didn't, him a lot and drop many CRF No, no, and he, and, he, and, he, and he gave us any and he you gave know. us you know That's because the bar is relatively Okay. All watching the Steelers game together the bar. I know, I know. <laughs> it's hard to find a quiet room. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, we want to we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for giving us your hospitality and your time and being willing to talk about this with us because it can either be cathartic or it can be a huge burden or some combination of the two and it is greatly appreciated and we we love you and we're and we're just honored to know you. As America's you, rabbi and as our friend. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, before October 27th, I mean, exactly. you know, just how you've risen to the task that has been placed upon you and your congregation. Mm -hmm. And we will not allow you to buy your drinks today. Right, right. I, we already we already took care of your tab, so <laughs> no worries true. on that. Next right. time, however, you're on your own. <laughs> except, <laughs> except, except because we always say, you know, next time, now, next time we, we Penny and I get together, uh, we'll be back to our usual format. Oh, yes. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go back to making fun of Buffalo and so forth. And, uh, you know, you're just lucky that I'm a little emotional right now <laughs> because otherwise I'd be taking off my shoe and stabbing. That's nice. Okay. I would not do well, that. It, it, you know, assuming you do come and join us next time, and Jeff, if you come and join us, the uh, the, the drinks, drinks are, are on, on us. No, <laughs> they're on us, both of us. <laughs>